Welcome to the College Sports Insider, presented by the NCAA and Champion Magazine. I am Jack Ford. So, if you've spent any time at all focusing on the NCAA and what it does, you know that one of its major components is providing assistance to student-athletes after they have completed their eligibility and their participation as student-athletes. And we're delighted to have with us in our conversation today Monica Miller, who is the NCAA Associate Director of Strategic and former student-athlete outreach. So we can talk about all this. Monica, always good to see you. Hi, Jack. How are you? Good. I suspect that um, there are a lot of folks out there that don't realize that the NCAA has a function. Uh, that focuses on student-athletes after they're finished, after they've completed their eligibility. Mm-hmm. I know you're in- involved in, a, in a, uh, a specific program called After the Game. So let's start off with some context. How is it that the, the notion, I'll get to the, the, the particulars of the program, but the notion of providing assistance for student-athletes afterwards, and specifically after the game, came about? Sure. Well, there's always been a, a, a pathway to opportunity through college sports, and the four years of matriculation are focusing on the student and the athlete experience. But what happens with that? How do they take that experience into the real world and achieve their personal and professional goals? So the NCAA has always been focused on that, but now we have a little finer point with a program called NCAA After the Game. Tell me uh, the, the, the contours of the After the Game program, and then we'll get into some specifics. Sure. Um, well, today, this week, is the fifth anniversary of the program. So it's really interesting that we're talking about it this week. Um, it's a great way to segue into what's happened and what, what is happening with the program. But about five, well, let me say, seven years ago, it was a line item on a strategic plan. Uh, we were engaging former athletes, former student athletes um, in uh, different programs and services uh, sponsored by the national office and obviously on the campus level a lot was already happening. But how could we bring those synergies together and really move the dime in saying, you know, the third leg of the stool needs to get grounded. Um, You know, the prospective student athlete, the current student athlete, and the former and that continuum of them moving through their life is what this really is all about and supporting them for life, in their life. You talked about the, the mm-hmm. um, element of, of on their campuses themselves. And there's always been that interaction with uh, student athletes and, and people who came before them who were able to provide assistance to them. You know, I go back to my days playing college football at Yale back in the 1970s. I remember one of the one of the recruiting pitches actually was, you know what, you come here and you play here and you graduate from here, there's an entire network out there of Yale graduates, not just student athletes, former student athletes, but Yale graduates who can help you. So as, as you mentioned, the institutions or most institutions have always had that element to them. What is the idea and, and what is the hope? Let's go back to five years ago when this was put together. What, what was the hope then that the NCAA could do to enhance those individual institutions sure. and their experiences? Sure. I mean, augmenting the great work that's happening on campus is at the, the, the core of this program. You know, our service line is to the campuses, to the member schools that comprise the 1,100-plus member schools. So what they do is connect um, such as yours, you know, Yale alumni to one another, Yale athletes to other Yale athletes, um, and that's been awesome and very fruitful for the individuals that benefit from that for the rest of their life. But as the national office, what we're uniquely poised to do and are doing is bringing that national level of connection forward. So um, the the ethos was, you know, how can a D3 swimmer on the East Coast 
uh, connect uh, personally, professionally, business to business or other with uh, an elite Division I basketball player on the West Coast. It didn't happen before, and now it happens. It happens all the time in very fruitful and meaningful ways. And we're um, at the nexus to watch that uh, beautiful magic happen. Talk about some of the ways then, some of the, the, um, the events, if you will, um, some of the, the pathways, again, using your term, uh, that have been created in the five years as part of the, the After the Game program. Sure. Um, well, the number one thing we knew from research, the, the program was grounded in research. Obviously, when you serve um, a national audience, uh, we don't sit here in Indianapolis and say, we know what they want, and we're going to deliver it and, and check that box. So we did a lot of focus groups, a lot of research, uh, um, and, and out in the field talking to conferences and student-athletes and administrators. What is it, if we did launch a program, what it, would it look like and what would the service lines be? And by far, the number one thing that they wanted from the national office and from their schools, but especially from the national office that didn't exist, was help in getting a job. So we knew a career center um, presence, a uh, service line needed to be there. Um, we do a lot from the national office with our excellent leadership development programs, and that um, has been in place for quite a while, successful. But bridging the gap to helping them, um, as I mentioned, expand their national network um, to find uh, like-minded people who can provide internships and job opportunities and business-to-business -business networking. So the Career Center's been live on the site um, since five years ago when we launched. Um, those are employers of all professions, uh, entry level to executive level, um, everything from uh, chemists to bankers to teachers um, and everything in between. Um, and it's been very interesting to talk. I talked to a national recruiter about once a week and why they're specifically looking to hire former athletes and they're very attracted to the career center is because of the, um, the workplace ready traits that they bring to the wor any workplace. Um, they can teach accounting. They can teach um, um, uh, selling skills or banking or um, education, uh, classroom education. But what former athletes have is uh, similar, not identical, to an experiential learning environment such as a veteran, um, you know, where you're coming out of this highly intensive program called college athletics, and you hit the ground running, and you just can't buy that on day one as a new employee. And they recognize that, and they, they covet it. And it's also a very um, diverse population, um, which is attractive in the workplace for diverse hiring practices. You mentioned the uh, the things that student athletes bring to the real world afterwards, and I, I tell the story frequently. I might even have told it to you at some point in time. My daughter, who was a lacrosse player at Yale, is now a cancer surgeon, a GYN oncologist at the University of Pennsylvania Hospital, and she mentioned to me that one of the first times she was in an operating room um, as a either a, I think like a fourth year medical student or third year medical student. And it was a long, complicated procedure, and you know she was on the bottom of the rung. Obviously, the med student, you have the residents, you have the fellows, then you have the attendings. Yeah. But she was involved, and when it was over, the attending physician called her over and said, "Can I ask you a question?" And she said, "Sure." And he looked at her and he said, "You were an athlete, weren't you?" And she said, "Yes." He said, "What'd you play?" And she said, "Well, three sports in high school and lacrosse at Yale." And she said, "Why?" And his response was, "I can always tell the athletes. Mm -hmm. You know, they yep. understand the notion of teamwork and they can operate under pressure." And I, I think that's probably a good illustration of some of the things that you're talking about here. That's attractive to employers. It is. Um, there was a LinkedIn study on the number one skills gap. Um, in today's workplace. I think it was published just last year, and it was those soft skills, the communication skills, and athletes have them in 
off the charts. Um, they know how to work in a diverse teaming environment. They know how to be coached and pivot once the coach says, okay, next play, do this. And in the workplace, uh, it's very recognizable and very attractive in any environment, especially in those uh, hard-driven environments where you have to think on your feet, such as the medical field, yeah. like your daughter. So you talk about the Career Center. What, what does that provide? So if somebody is, is listening to this and, and they're either a former student-athlete or maybe they're, they're, they know somebody who's a former student-athlete, mm-hmm. um, and they say to them, you know, this might be a good place for you to go to. When they go there, what do they find? Sure. I'll talk about what what is there now and what we're unveiling yet this year. Um, So today, employers can post jobs. Um, It's a closed audience of those who have exhausted their NCAA eligibility to compete. So a lot of recruiters say, how can I get on all the college campuses? Can we, the NCAA, send out their job post to every uh, campus (laughs) across the nation? No, the source is the the job board. Um, The uh, job seekers um, can post their um, uh, resume online. They can make it public or private. They can set up job alerts. They can actually apply for the job through the center right there. Um, and then it can follow, It does follow them throughout their entire you know, life cycle because mm-hmm. we know people change jobs quite a bit, especially in those entry-level jobs. But a lot of the research we've done is that the greatest need, um, when you have, an, uh, let me back up, the audience I'm serving through this program is over 4 million former NCAA student-athletes. I was going to ask you that because I, yeah. I was I was somewhat astonished by that number. Yeah. I mean, think about it. If anybody who played pre-Title IX, uh, their sport didn't exist then, it does now, vice versa. Uh, the school might not have been an NCAA school, now it does, and they're alive. They, mm-hmm. Such as our uh, Boston networking event, we had everything from the most recent graduating class of former athletes to, I think he was 1952, uh, when... Soccer was just starting at Ohio State, and he was pretty interesting to talk to. Um, But uh, what's coming in the Career Center is uh, an assessment tool that we're so excited about called Virgil Career Assessment, where um, current student-athletes will be able to assess their readiness for uh, over 300 professions. And it walks them through, are you entry-level? Do you need more of this skill? It's more of the Mm skills-based, not... Um, what did you learn in the classroom? It's not a test on what did you learn. It's how ready are you compared to the rest of the people in that profession that you're either entering or aspiring to enter. Um, And then it gives you a career path. It says, oh, you might want to learn more about this area. Uh, You need to beef up skills in this area. And then again, it follows you throughout your career. So in the um, current student-athlete environment, we're so excited, and the campus athletics um, academic advisors are um, just thrilled that they'll be able to um, bring this to their students. You may say you might take it as a freshman and share your results with your advisor and you sit down and talk about your career path and um, what do you want to be when you grow up, which most 18-year-olds have no clue. <laughs> uh, but this tool can help them. You know, Oh, I might want to major in this or, or focus on this. I need an internship to beef up skills in this. So in that curriculum development planning, planning for life after sport, um, is how that tool can will help today's student-athletes and that bridge to after the game. After the game, you keep taking um, these assessments as you're moving through your career, and it helps you um, be ready for what you're um, aspiring to be or moving up the ladder, as you say, uh, to your profession. Have you been able to, to get the word of the existence of these? Let's talk about the Career Center to start with mm-hmm. um, and, and, and the after-the-game programs. Have you been... been 
confident that the word of their existence has filtered down to the student-athletes? Yeah. Um, today's student-athletes, it's hard to get their attention, as we know. Um, you know, they're, they're filled with, with time in class and, and athletics. So we work a lot with the advisors of the students uh, to get the word out. The career coaches, the faculty athletics reps, um, the career centers on campus, which are central services. And a lot of campuses have dedicated, um, you know, athletics uh, student-athlete development staff. And, and so there's not one answer to what are the touch points to today's student-athletes to get the word out. The student-athlete advisory committees have been very helpful, national SACs, uh, campus-level SACs. Um, uh, for instance, the um, uh, Michigan Intercollegiate Athletic Conference reached out just yesterday and said, hey, can you come speak to our, 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 our conference uh, Student Athlete Advisory Committee about after the game, about the resources that the NCA has. And I think what sets it apart is um, there's a lot of great models out there. You know, we're not the only one doing this, but we're the only one doing it in a non-for-profit, service-oriented, if you're an NCA school, current student athlete or former, it's always going to be free to you and to your, your campus advisors. You mentioned before uh, that the idea of events around the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me something about where they have been and, and um, what the idea behind them is and, and what the feedback has been about them. Sure. That's been one of the greatest joys. Um, you know, when you launch a national program and it's a blank piece of paper, you think, someday we'll be doing this. <laughs> well, you know what? Someday happened last year. Uh, so we hosted uh, six events around the nation um, in regional cities such as uh, Boston. We had one right here in Indianapolis, obviously. That was an easy one for us. Uh, at the Hall of Champions in uh, Dallas and Denver and Atlanta. And each one of them have different personalities, different um, ways of uh, consuming the local audience. But basically, if you live, work, or do business in that region, come on ahead. And we've had some people fly in. I don't live in Dallas, but I do business in Dallas, and I really want to network with people that um, live and work there. And that's been kind of interesting. It's been three generations. It's been every profession. Uh, We typically get... um, uh, 18 to 20 different sports represented. So it's so cool just to watch, uh, oh, I played I played tennis and I ran track and, and they weren't even in the same conference. They weren't even in the same cities. Well, it's uh, interesting that you say that because I, I found it as a former student athlete. There's, there's that immediate link. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you talk to somebody and it, it might not be your sport, might not even be my generation, uh-huh. uh, but there's still something that automatically connects you yeah. to the person. Yeah. And, and initiates whatever conversation you're going to have because of that link. Yeah. So with these events then, are, are you getting, how are you getting word to employers, for instance, that these events are going to take place? Mm-hmm. And then how do you get the word out to people who either live there or want to travel there who are former student athletes sure. that these events are taking sure. place? It's not, it's not a career fair per se. So right. it, it really is homogenous to those who play college sports. Okay. Um, when an employer says, hey, can I come exhibit? Well, we're not in facilities where there's exhibit hall space mm-hmm. and things like that. So it's heavy on the networking. We feature a local former student athlete in that community to offer up comments about their experience, uh, such as we had in Tampa um, at the Women's Final Four. Uh, we had the evening before the uh, tournament kicked off, and we were in the club-level um, a stadium at Amali Arena in Tampa and had a back-of-the-house tour to showcase what does our championship staff do to help prepare and, and host a championship experience for the student-athletes that are competing and the fans themselves. That was awesome. 
and we had a former UConn women's basketball player who was a walk-on, um, played for Coach Gino, rose, rose her senior year to be team captain, and talked about how that experience um, propelled her to the career that she now enjoys in uh, business consulting and those traits that she uses, uh, and they can too. So, you know, every time we lift somebody up um, in that community um, that, that can um, offer comments back about that experience and, and uh, welcome the, the locals in to the, the audience there. When you look at the, 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 the evolution of this program, as you said five years ago, and you're attempting to gauge, okay, how are we doing? How, how is this working? Clearly, you'll have anecdotal stories, people saying, hey, I went to the Boston event. It was great, and you know what? Here's what came out of it for me. Are you able yet to, to put together any, any data, anything mm -hmm. that says to you, all right, we, we seem to be on the right path here. We're making progress. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's many touch points, and it's not the you know they're not like humongous numbers. The thousands showed up in in Tampa, 120 showed up in Tampa who had a great time, who the off uh, connections happened. Somebody helped somebody with a research project. They went and volunteered together. They didn't know each other before. Now they're volunteering at an agency together in their community. Um, two runners in Boston um, uh, from uh, foreign nationals came to America to school. And all of a sudden now they're training together, or not training, they're former elite runners. Mm -hmm. Hey, I, you want to run together? We both live in Boston. Don't know anybody in Boston that runs as fast as I do. <laughs> um, so those little wins happen all the time when a reporter calls and says, hey, we've heard about after the game. Can we include something about it in the story we're doing on athletes hitting the workplace during graduation season? Or a school will call and say, my athletic director told me I need to know all about your program. Or an employer said, I stumbled onto the website and found this career center. Hello, that's exactly what I'm looking for, the exact kind of employ employees I'm looking to recruit. How do I get started? So we celebrate. We ring the bell and say, wow, this was a win today when all those things start happening. Well, it, it's been, uh, I, I think, an interesting five-year journey for you. Yeah, I think yeah, when you yeah. look at the progress that's made and, and the opportunities, mm -hmm. you know, we always talk about the pathway to opportunity mm -hmm. in terms of, of uh, being a, a college athlete and what you can do with that afterwards. And I think that what you've put together here, the Career Center, um, the After the Game program, just are, are marvelous things. And last question for you. How how does the NCA go about it, as as you know, and and I travel around as a consultant for the NCA, talking about all of the issues surrounding college sports. And one of the things I'm always struck by is how little most people know about what the NCA does. You know that that it's just not a repository of billions of dollars you know that come in through television deals right. and don't go anywhere. And I will oftentimes will talk. I said, let me, let me tell you some of the things that are done here. Um, do you get a sense that that people are starting to understand, especially this area, what the NCAA can do literally and figuratively after the game? Mm -hmm. I think it is happening. Um, you know, five years ago I might have said a little differently, but people do now starting to appreciate and understand and are cognizant of the service line. What does the NCAA do to provide service to the schools and those that they serve, the athletes? Um, one of the, um, the capstone programs we're doing is, as I said, the Career Center, but we're expanding the reach. Uh, we know they don't only stay in America to work. 
they didn't come from um, U.S. cities to, to compete in our sports. So we're working with the Fulbright Scholars Program. Uh, we're working with um, the World Games. President Emmert was over there um, supporting that this summer. We're working with the Olympic Committee. We're working with uh, Durham University in Durham, UK. I'm working on a story right now about international playing scholars. They can go abroad and play their sport and get a master's degree after the NCA experience is over. So the reach is beyond the borders here. That's one of the most exciting things with the future is to hold. But the awareness is always a challenge. Uh, there's four million of them yeah. and 520 here at the NCA National <laughs> Office. So we've got our work cut out for us. Well, you're doing marvelous work, Monica. Thank and, you. And I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, Monica Miller from the NCA talking about after the game and everything that's being done for student athletes and former student athletes. That does it for this edition of the College Sports Insider presented by the NCA and Champion Magazine. I'm Jack Ford. Thanks for joining us. And we'll look forward to talking with you again real soon. 